What is going on and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad and this week we are joined by Josh and Miguel from the band Bronx. All these voices in my head makes me want to drown again. All these voices in my head makes me want to throw my fist. All right. First and foremost, happy New Year's Eve. If you're going out, having some fun, celebrating, ringing in the new year, be sure to stay safe. Be sure to always have a designated driver if you're drinking. And I also want to really quickly let you know how awesome 2021 has been, how fantastic it is, and how cool it is that all of you have come on this journey with me. So thank you so much for an amazing 2021, and let's make 2022 even better. Anyway, enough with the sappy stuff. Ronks is a three-piece punk band based out of the Bronx in New York. And man, these guys are rad. They've been making music since their their early days in high school, have been feeding off one another, learning from one another, and just having a lot of cool experiences. So I'm excited for you guys to hear the interview and to check out their music, because obviously that's what I always tell you guys to do. If you haven't listened to Ronks yet, head on over to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music, and check out their music because it's really cool. It's got the modern pop punk, the vibes of that, along with all of the great things that come from pop punk in general and the genre. So I'm really stoked for you guys to hear this one. So check them out, follow them on social media, and then while you're at it, follow the podcast, like the podcast, and, uh, you know, I'd love to hear from you. So comment down below, comment on photos or wherever. I'd love to hear from you. But without further ado, let's just jump right on in. Thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Yeah, pre, uh, pre, we, we appreciate you inviting us. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, um, I think, Josh, you and I can we, we can we can talk a little bit more during the uh, the official podcast hours of, of what we were talking about with uh um, with your move to LA and whatnot, but let's, let's quickly, you know, start out with quick introductions. Tell us who you guys are as, you know, individuals and, and tell us something unique about your elementary school style, you know, something that people may not know. Where? Uh, okay. Well, um, hi, my name is, uh, Miguel Vasquez or you just call me Miguel or Migs. Migs. Um, nice. I like that. I'll call you Migs. I like that one. So short. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I play guitar and I sing in the band, um, co-sing and, uh, something about me, uh, I'm really, hmm, what is something unique? I feel like, I feel like I don't really see myself as like a, a unique person. I feel like I'm very basic style. I guess, I guess something that usually like, I feel like not a lot of people that I know does is like listen to a lot of like um audiobooks and podcasts heck so, yeah dude i love that i really like um listening to those on my way home driving and stuff it really gets me in, in a good mindset heck yeah dude well uh i i'm just gonna really quickly follow up what are what are you listening to right now nowadays uh i've been um rec- as of recently i've just been uh, backtracking with um to other like the audiobooks that i've read before just because like i'm trying to get back down mindset like 
I lost myself the last couple of uh, weeks. So I just try to like backtrack to see what are my main goals again. I, I, I read a lot of self-help books. Okay. So like, really book. I really, um, I went back to the, the first book I ever heard, which was a uh, rich dad, poor dad. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. So I'm like re-listening to it again. That's what Robert Kiyosaki or whatever his last yeah. name is. Yeah, dude. That's a good one. Yeah. Then there's like richest man in Babylon is a good one as well. Oh, oh yeah, that's something that I want to get into as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah. If if you're into that type of stuff, man, I uh, I'll shoot you over a list of books that I love. I I've got quite a few that I'm I'm a really big fan of. So. Oh, heck yeah, yeah. So something all. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I I'm I'm in the same boat as you, bro. Like audiobooks all the way. I don't read like at all anymore because I'm a software developer. So I'm like I'm always reading code. I'm like I don't want to read right. actual stuff. So I listen to audiobooks while I'm at the gym and while I'm driving. It's it's freaking great, man. Works out hey, awesome. Yeah, it's um like not not to replace music, but it's just like it gets you in like in a good like good level you know yeah it helps with your headspace sometimes you know like i love listening to music while driving i love listening to music while working and stuff but there's some times where i just like i need to i need to kind of refocus myself so i get that man that's awesome yeah yeah exactly that's exactly how it feels that's dope all right josh introduce yourself too man rich dad poor dad is amazing uh, it is it is <laughs> uh i am josh i go by joshua ravioli um, I am yeah. the bassist and also one of the lead singers of the band. I am the Mark Hoppus of the band. Um, Heck yeah. Miguel is the Tom DeLong. <laughs> Dude, I, lo- I love the uh, Blink-182 comparison. You got to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Blink-182 is my all-time favorite band. And something you don't know about me is I am uh, very much a child at heart to the point where I didn't have a childhood exactly. Don't think of it as depressing. <laughs> I think I think it's okay. Um, I don't know how to swim. I don't know how to ride a bike. Um, I yeah. Well, dude, there's a lot of things I don't know. You're do. you're pretty close. You're pretty close to our mat. Come out here to Utah. We've got an extra bike. We'll take you. We'll teach you how to ride. We'll take you out on the mountains. You know, we'll uh, we'll make it happen, dude. Some Navy Seals training yeah dude we'll, we'll do like we'll do some like we'll put you in the the deep end you know what i mean no i mean i guess even then like that would be another i've got a four foot pool you know 14 feet wide it's just one of those like above ground ones I'll teach you how to swim in there I'll, you know you can swim with my sons <laughs> i'm also six feet six two. Oh yeah dude so i could stand pretty well yeah so there you go if you ever start struggling you could even kneel like i literally can kneel in the pool and i i'm above water so you know you're you'd be safe yeah dude <laughs> oh that's awesome dude that's and uh you know like i don't i don't really like whenever i think of that type of stuff like i feel like a I've dropped the ball as a dad. Cause like my oldest son is six and he can't ride a bike on it. Like without training wheels yet. And I'm like, it's all right. He's got plenty of time. He'll be all right. You know, life is, sh- life is not that as short as we, we say it is, you know, we got plenty of time to accomplish a bunch of stuff. So you've got time to learn all that, whatever you need, you know? Yeah. I want to get a bike with training wheels at 2024. 20, I mean, do it, bro. <laughs> Just do it. I, I think they make like, three-wheeled bikes you could kind of learn a little bit that way but the big thing is learning that balance like that's the do you have you ever ridden like a motorcycle at all 
a motorcycle see that's another thing that happened <laughs> okay yeah because like if you could just like realistically it's you're old enough that like the balance would probably come pretty naturally to you like i i'll bet you're coordinated enough to figure it out pretty quickly it's i don't know it's it's something that my younger kids have struggled with because they have a hard time balancing while running. You know what I mean? But as you grow older, coordination is, is more natural. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, cool, man. It, that's awesome. I, it's a absolute pleasure to, uh, to obviously meet you guys. And, uh, um, I really dig what you guys are doing. And, and, uh, I think Josh, you know, obviously you were talking about your producer, um, who is, who works with, with Travis Barker. Like I can, I can see a lot of the, uh, it's actually really fun for me right now because the this the where you guys are going the direction you guys are heading and the music you guys make is the future of of like mainstream pop punk and it's really cool because obviously travis barker his label and stuff is the is just killing it with all of the the new style the new genre of pop punk right um and so I want to kind of get a, a brief history from you guys, kind of how things started and, and what, what got you guys making music? Well, uh, so, so me and, so me and Josh, we actually been doing music for a while. Like, I kind of, I always forget like how long, but it was like high, like it was like around, around sophomore year of high school, we started doing music together and, you know, we're like 23 right now. And that was like when we were like 18. Yeah. So, no, you're <laughs> so been, what? 16 sophomores. Yeah. So you're oh, yeah, 16, solid, solid seven years of music. Heck yeah. So it's like seven, eight years of music. We ran through a bunch of different, uh, well, well before that we, we, we actually connected over like some similar artists that we both like. We liked a lot of like pop music, like one direction, like classic, the summer, Okay. And you know, like stuff like that. Like it wasn't really pop punk or anything. And then um I don't know, we just started bond like we were just like, oh let's let's get together and make some music since we both like the same thing. And Josh like learned guitar. I didn't know guitar at all. So I was just singing and then Josh was playing guitar. And then we kind of just decided, yo, let's make a, a whole group out of it. Heck yeah, so, dude. So then I I picked up the guitar and then Josh picked up the bass. And then uh, we we just ran through a lot of members from there and on. We started off as a two in the afternoon. Um, that was our, our original band um, before Rocks, and that was just a. Isn't that a uh, isn't that a Panic at the Disco lyric? <laughs> yeah, it's actually a nine okay. in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, nine in the afternoon. That's what it does. I was like, why does that sound so familiar to me? <laughs> I'm glad that you said that. Glad you caught that. Yeah, exactly. We we were worried about like, damn, like hopefully if we ever get we would get like copyrighted or something. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that, but like everyone will always mention that because of the name. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's just because that that lyric was so prominent in the song yeah. that it was just like you you couldn't miss like when it's anything in the afternoon, someone's gonna feel like it's similar. <laughs> similar, yeah, exactly. I think yeah, I think around that time, like that song was pretty popular too. Like twenty sixteen, maybe even no, no, that was like twenty fourteen. I don't know. I don't know. I, that song, I feel like that song was popular when I was in high school, which would have been like 
2007, 2008. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that song that old? Or I, I know obviously Panic at the Disco was popular back then, but I don't know when that song dropped. That's a pretty, it's a pretty long time ago nowadays. It's like, yeah. I can't, man, I, I realize how old I am sometimes when I start thinking about how <laughs> old some of these songs are. I'm like, wait a minute, like MXPX has been making music since like 1999. Like what the frick? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like a while. yeah, you know? I, I think they're even earlier. I think it was a uh, newfound glory was started in 1999. I'm like, dude, I am so old. Cause like I grew up on these, this music and like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, I totally, I totally get you. I feel like we come to that point, like, damn. Like, yeah, perfect. perspective, <laughs> right? So y'all started making music sophomore year and just kind of crash course, just went yeah. went full steam ahead and just said, hey, well, this is what we want to do? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, well, it took a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it takes time to figure out your sound and it takes time to develop as an artist. We started out as basically two kids who picked up guitars and just decided to sing and write songs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we didn't really know, you know, a solid direction we wanted to go in. And we were figuring that out as we go. And, you know, we weren't, we weren't like Beyonce or anything. We weren't Ed Ed Sharon. We had to learn how how to really develop our vocal skills and, even our guitar skills and even our songwriting skills. Oh yeah. So as we dug into that, you know, we started to open our palette of music. Um, that's when, you know, punk rock came into the equation and then pop punk. Um, I feel like we were in the era of, um, underground pop punk. I don't know what you would call it. Like that era of neck deep, the story so far, real friends, the resurgence. I call that the resurgence era. That's where pop punk started coming back. Cause like pop punk. Yeah. Cause like for me, like when I was in high school, pop punk was huge. That's how I got into it. Like yellow card, simple plan, newfound glory, good Charlotte, right? Like all of the, the kind of OGs of pop punk, obviously blink 182 was even earlier than that, but I'm talking like the ones that kind of grew up in the mid two thousands. Um, and that was also like the, um, the like taking back Sunday. So even a little bit of the harder bands and stuff, but all those bands were just massive newfound glow or uh, um, the early November, all those bands started just like exploding. So hopeless records and, and uh, those, those record labels started growing and then it kind of tapered off late two thousands when like a lot of the easy core music started, like that took hold and then it just died off really hard in like 2010, 11, and then I ca- I call like what you guys are talking about the resurgence era where like pop punk and Midwest emo started just like killing the game again where these bands started just killing it even though like obviously Neck Deep is out in the UK but but still that like that genre started coming back so that's when you guys started like hey this is this is my sound this is our sound yeah well we were tr- well we were trying to go for that okay sound. but then I think. We we uh, at that same time we also been big fans of Blink One Eighty Two. Josh more than me. So then, it, like instead of making pop up music like that, we started making music like Blink One Eighty Two. Heck yeah, dude! Yeah. So and when when was that that you guys kind of found your sound? What like was that? I'm trying to th- was was that like within the last couple of years? Then I would say our. 
like our truest sound <laughs> is when we became wrongs. I, I feel like, I feel like definitely after we dropped our first album, I, I believe, yeah. I don't know if you agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was literally going to say that too. I think after our first album, when we recorded everything, it, it was a lot of songs similar to Blink-182 and we were like, okay, like we actually like this and then people were getting a lot of, a lot of good feedback. Yeah. We like, okay, like this is and people were saying like, it sounded like us. It sounded like our name. It sounded like Bronx became an entity. Yeah. And people were saying, you guys have your own sound. Like you sound like Blink, but you also have your own sound. And like people will say, yeah, this sounds like a Bronx song. And that's when we knew, kind of. That's cool. And, and like, you finally find your sound. And, like, I, I say finally. Like, that's, you guys, it seems like you guys had been making pretty consistent progress towards what you're hoping for in the long run. I mean, it's from the beginning. But, uh, um, you know, as you as you release that record, what what was it that that changed for you like with recording that record like why why did you randomly just start because because i haven't heard like the music prior to that you know when it was two in the afternoon right so i haven't heard that stuff so what was really the what changed most between that to your first like record with as ronks i feel like a lot of uh like i guess a lot of growing up and maturing yeah okay so a sense i guess um like we were used you know i, I would say we were kids when we were two in the afternoon and then we went to you know we grew up graduated went to college well miguel did <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't go to college uh to be honest but uh i feel like that experience of you know growing up and going out in the world outside of high school and figuring out your life as an, an adult, I guess, yeah. going into adulthood. Um, there's a lot of lessons you learn and all that. We used to like really just joke around and like, um, we didn't know a lot of things about music, but then as you know, we, we grew up, uh, there was a lot of lessons that we took to heart and a lot of it had to do with members that come and go who really fits with us how to find the right people to work with yeah Yeah. and how to be a better artist in the way where you're really putting out your true self Mm -hmm. like your your true emotions and stuff instead of just writing crap on a paper (laughs) yeah i i like that and so you said you graduated high school. Um, was it right after high school that you guys changed the band to Ronks, or was that like what what inspired the band name change? I guess too, along with that question. I guess um, it was after like at the right end of like the two in the afternoon era. Like we we made like a little EP with like our old drummer. Uh huh. Once he once he decided to leave for um religious reasons like you wanted to leave so we're like okay like damn it's like so we're like me and Josh <laughs> <laughs> really sat down like damn like so what, what are we gonna do and I guess it just took some time to just like figure out 
like what needs to be done. And then we're kind of just like, all right, like let's let's take a break right now. Cause I think I don't know if it was no, I think I think it was definitely Josh, it was definitely um when I was in college that that we started Rock. Okay. Um, I got there my first year or no? It was twenty seventeen. Yeah, you were still in college. Um and it was your idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the name. Okay, but, so uh, uh, I, I, yeah. I, my, my bad. So the um, so the name change was kind of like uh it was was it just basically you guys wanted a fresh start because you obviously like you said the yeah. drummer left and you guys are kind of like hey I think this is our chance to really to really start again and and do exactly what we're wanting to do is that kind of the idea yeah I okay. mean we, we basically like learned a lot since then mm-hmm. so we're like I right, like maybe we should take everything that we learned so far and restart over. okay. So like after my first year, we took a break. Like so for from our first for the first two semesters, we um we're on a break, like on a music break. But we still uh-huh. talked about the stuff. And then um when I came back, we're like, all right, like let's do this thing for real. So then Josh knew um some some new new friend that knew a friend that that plays drums. <laughs> so 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 uh, Josh hit him up to like oh like let's try him out. You know, yeah, he was he weird, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, he actually stuck stuck with us for like two years. You know? Okay, and um, that was wrong for yeah, two years. Yeah. Okay, and <laughs> and when like obviously you get your debut album out, everyone's like, "Dude, this is you guys. This is your sound. This this feels like it's it matches your energy, matches your vibe." Um, you start obviously, you know, starting to to find your own sound, you find your own, your own voice. But one of the big things that, that I feel like you guys have glossed over is, is the amount of work I'm sure it's taken for you guys to understand, like the, the principles of songwriting and music, because going from not having played guitar and just kind of being two dudes, two high school students, just making music with guitars to actually being a band, that's a pretty big leap. I, I don't know that like some people may not think it, but like it's not writing music is, is not just like a, Hey, sit down and come with write What's natural. And, and you're just like, Oh, I'm a musician now. It's like, there's, there's a huge process to making good music. And I, obviously you guys have learned it, but how did you learn that? Like, um, there was always a gap with us when it came to writing music. Um, I feel like uh, there was this gap where I feel like a big part of making music and being in a band is production. Uh-huh. How you, how you, the song comes to be, doesn't always just start, doesn't always just become a song with just the guitar and your voice. Yeah. There's a lot more that comes into it especially when you want to put it in streaming services or just on YouTube or internet in general. So like we used to like, you know, back in the day, we, we really paid for uh, some engineers. We paid a lot of money for engineers that were very cheap pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. And then we tried to do engineering ourselves, you know, 
the good old uh, garage band way, you know, home studio. And then that was a learning curve as well. Cause like, you know, we didn't know exactly what we were doing. We were just learning. And um, those gaps were really like what made our music like from amateur to like really, I guess, really good music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took a lot of, uh, a lot of time to invest into like learning how to produce a song, you know, through softwares and stuff and like how to add harmonies, how uh-huh. to add leads, like guitar leads and stuff like that. Um, Cause when you write a, a, a song, you know, you're not thinking about all that. You're just thinking about the main vocal and the main chords. Yeah. Kind of the main melody. Yeah, that's what we used to do. You know, we we would just write a song and be like, "Hey, this is a song," and then there was be no harmonies or nothing around it. Uh-huh. And I feel like learning all that really built a very solid foundation for us, for sure. Absolutely. And just out of curiosity, what was like as you guys were learning that process? And are, I'm still, I'm sure. I don't think that that process is ever mastered, right? It's, it's like continual learning process. I'm sure even, you know, fantastic producers like Seth Henderson are are constantly learning new things and trying new things to, to make the bands they work with even better. Um, But as you guys were learning that, what were some of the things that, that stood out to you as like, that made the biggest difference for, for your music? I think, I think it's like the, definitely the way that, we record our vocals actually. Oh, okay. Like, I think as of recently, we, we like, we actually like learn or well, actually develop. We, we like practice more of how to shape our vocals more to add more, you know, emotion to it. Yeah. 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 Like, well, we would just be on the microphone and just say whatever, but like over time with all these different producers, they'll tell you, Oh, do this, do this, or maybe cut that one line out. So it could be like this, like, we were like, learn a lot of that. We're like, okay. Yeah. So like we're, we're learning how to like, to sound like more, we'll sound more with more emotion. Cause usually we just do whatever. Yeah. You know? And yeah. a big um, thing for us. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to the uh, AGL sounds. Doug Gallo. Um, yeah. What was the band is he in again? Uh, Hodera. Yeah. Dalgalo Podera. Um, he was the first producer, I guess for me personally, I'm not sure how you feel me go, but he brought out he brought out this hidden I don't know what you call it, like uh he brought out the beast in me, I guess. Yeah, he, <laughs> he uh, helped you realize he told, your potential. Yeah, he brought out my potential. There you go. <laughs> uh he he was really the one to say, listen, man, like I know you're holding back. And I know you could do way better and show me that. And then I took that as I took that in a way as like, you're right. You know, I, I feel like I am holding back. Let me try this. And then from there on, like we did our first album with them. And that was, uh, that whole experience was us pouring our hearts out into that microphone because yeah. Doug was like, I know you guys could pour out so much. Let's hear it. What were you when you look back on it, what were you holding back? Um, 
I mean, I would say just a lot of insecurities. I'm still insecure about my vocals, my voice, to be honest. And I'm an insecure dude in general. Sometimes I don't really like how I look, but um, it all comes with like learning to love yourself at the end of the day too. So um, it's a struggle. Everyone, a lot of people has. has um, Absolutely. So I, I like to also promote that and make sure people talk about that and also are trying to love themselves because there's a lot of people who don't yeah and i'm still trying to love myself every day you know i i do love myself but then there's times where i just i think too much you know you forget it yeah Uh, dude it's it's so easy to uh to forget how great you are you know what i mean It's, it's really like things go south one time and you're just like, Oh, I'm the worst. I suck. Right. So that negative self-talk is, is it's so loud. You know what I mean? It's just so loud. Um, and what, like when, what was it that, that he said, like when, when he did that and said, Hey, you're holding back. What was it that made you stop holding back? Like what, what actually made you commit and say, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Like what, what, what was it that really clicked for you that, that made you push past that insecurity and past that, that negative self-talk and just do it. Uh, I think Doug was actually the first producer we had that gave us. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Having someone who actually cares means a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that whole environment and the energy he had, um, his, his studio was like kind of like he built a professional studio in his house in New Jersey and it felt like a vibe I guess like it felt like home it felt comfortable yeah and if I just met this dude and it's like he already felt like home for some reason <laughs> and he, you know he showed he showed that he you know, cared to a point where he really wanted to see us grow. Yeah. Like he wanted growth for us. And knowing that there's someone there with you making music with you that wants to see you grow. That was an experience I felt like was first. That's amazing, man. Props to him, dude. Cause I, I think that that is, you know, ultimately what you just, said is something that that i i hold like to be truth right like you're only as good as the mentors you find to help you um and it's it's not because you don't have the potential but it's because the mentors are the only ones who give a crap enough to make you do the hard stuff that you wouldn't do naturally right and uh that's so cool man i love to hear that because Ultimately, what that means is the stuff you're making now is so much more authentic and so much better than what it used to be because now you actually are giving your whole self. And that's that's hard, dude. That's I uh, I I I mentioned this a lot, but I give major props to musicians because especially, you know, a lot of musicians, a lot of creative people are are kind of broken people, not like in a bad way, but like they're, they, they feel more, they, they see the world a little differently. They're a little bit closer to their emotions and you know, the world quote, quote unquote, right. Like considers that to be broken. Um, and I think that that vulnerability that like 
artists have to have it it just like that's the one of the hardest things for for people to be and like that's why i think your guys's music is authentic is because you know you talking about oh i'm insecure and i i feel this way and this way and this way but you don't let that stop you major props i think that's super dope man appreciate that yeah man i uh i just it's so it's so hard to uh to find authenticity in the world sometimes and for you like when uh when it comes to to making your music and feeling authentic like how do you how do you maintain that as you have continued to make more music obviously that initial moment sparked something but it's easy to, to kind of fall back off and, 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 uh, get back into your comfort zone. So how do you maintain that? Um, I think, um, like Miguel knows too, like we have days, a lot of days where it's really hard to write. There's nothing in our, in our heads or in our hearts, you know, yeah there's nothing coming out so i feel like um yeah you, you go Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, like it, it just it's just uh sometimes it just becomes hard we just take it a lot of uh there's a lot of thinking a lot of overthinking actually and then we kind of just like with all that overthinking it's hard to write any lyrics or whatever so like the best thing that we like to do is kind of just like take a break or maybe like, like take, just like take a, take a break to just like get back in that mindset. And, um, or like we, we, we invite people over like friends, like, okay, like maybe like this person, like somebody new with fresh ideas will respark that, um, you know, that creative mindset. Yeah. And that keeps us moving. This is one thing that, that you guys have mentioned actually a couple times. Um, and it sounds like, and I, I think Josh, you'd obviously mentioned this before Miguel hopped on initially was, uh, it sounds like the, the people around you are pretty big influence on you guys. Would you, is that some like, cause from some of the things you guys have said, that's what it sounds like to me that, that there are a lot of people around you who have have been really helpful influences aside from your producer. Like I'm saying just like friends and family. Um, is that, is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Okay. Cause, cause even when you were like, just, you know, just barely talking it, it sounds like a lot of those inspirations that you guys have. Um, I, I guess that's, I'm going to maybe follow up cause the uh, I'm, I'm always curious. You guys have talked about, you know, needing to, kind of step away when you aren't feeling inspired to write something. Um, have you guys figured out like what really triggers the, the creative juices for writing songs and stuff? Have you guys like been able to pinpoint what it is that helps you write a successful song? I, I personally believe it's just, um, I guess like trying out different things, like different new things. And uh, a lot of alcohol and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that drug that be like just weed. <laughs> <laughs> the legal kind, the legal ones. <laughs> yeah, the legal ones, the legal ones. Yeah, because where you guys live, it's legal, right? It's legal in both yeah, California actually, and and New York. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What Miguel said, but <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, when you know, let's say you alcohol, right? It's a, it's like a, what do you, they call it? Like a depressant. It brings out. Yeah, it's like a suppressant. It suppresses a lot of emotions, right? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it brought out a lot of. Is that what it is? Is it the? Because oh, is is weed the suppressant? Is that what that is? I don't know. So, I'm I curious. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I always thought um, alcohol was like um, when you drink alcohol, when you're feeling um, emotional, that it really brings out the emotion. So it heightens but, emotions. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we definitely we write from experience um, what we've been going through and what others have been going through yeah um like for example like we have a song called home on our first album and it's a song about the struggles of living in a house with your family that um it's it's not a perfect home you know it's one of those songs where it's Mm -hmm. like you live in on perfect home and essentially the song's not about not about like us just uh just us it's about other people around us that we noticed who also have unperfect homes and who talk about it. And I would say that's like an example of people around us and influencing us. And then, uh, you know, relationships, you know, we all have our ups and downs with our partners, our friends, and those definitely as well have a huge influence. Um, we do write a lot about girls <laughs> <laughs> about not, breakups yeah. and heartache and stuff like that. But then there's also other things around that too, that, you know, we experience through our friends and ourselves personally. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, I can't remember who it was. I, I know I didn't, I, I wasn't in an interview I did, but I heard someone say, and I thought it was so, so funny. He's like, he said, I don't know that I can be in a healthy relationship because then I won't write good music anymore. And I was like, that's, that's rough. Yes. You know, I, you wouldn't want like an unhealthy relationship to be the only option you have just to write good music. <laughs> it's a half truth. It's, but, it, but there is val- validity to it, right? Because breakups write great songs, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that you guys bring in more than relationships though, because I think the, like, especially with a song like home, like that's, that's a tough one to write about actually. Um, because it takes a lot of introspection and there's a lot there. There aren't many people who are ready to admit that, that their home is like not as, as perfect as they thought it was when they were young kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's tough. A lot of people uh, experience different things, you know, like in in a home. You know, some people got it worse than others. You know. Yeah. So I feel like it really it really relates to those type of people. It does. Know? Yeah. Well, and like you know, especially as you guys are you know living out on your own now, or you know, obviously you know, Josh, you're out in California now, far away from your family. You start to see things very differently. You start to kind of see life in very different eyes, like. Have you, have you noticed for yourself, Josh, like as you've been far from home, like, have you noticed 
different, I don't know, with life in general, like how differently things can, can be, uh, interpreted, I guess. Um, I feel like life gets, gets so much funny. Like life becomes so funny. The, the more you're away from home and the more independent you are and on your own, you are. Yeah. Um, I just, I notice a lot of things that are like, wow, is this like, is this the actual universe trying to talk to me or is life just with me? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of both, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, you know, I'm starting to notice these things and it's kind of, you know, I I was never really huge on the universe and like all that stuff. But then recently, like my eyes are starting to open to things and it's like, I'm starting to see things a little differently as well. So, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, what's an example of that? If you don't mind me asking. An example of like things that you just see so differently now than, than you used to. You know, when they say like everything happens for a reason. Uh huh. So I had, I think like a few instances, instances I can't see. you're good you're good we know what word you're saying <laughs> yeah um, moments like that okay. uh, trying to think of one right now that was really big uh, okay yeah so it's I was performing at the spot like nearby me this is actually a two part thing there's a spot by me uh, it's called Green Jello Vision I was trying to buy some weed and I walked past it. It was right next to the weed store. I walked in and I was like, yo, what's this place? And then they were like, uh, it's a free, uh, live show. They stream every Saturday night, you know, come by Wednesdays to sign up to perform. And then, you know, I came by, signed up to perform, started to perform there every Saturday night. And then I went to another show in North Hollywood one night. And there was these two dudes there. Like I went to a show by myself. I didn't know anybody at all. Uh-huh. I just went out there and like, I'm just going to go to the show and see this artist that I saw that was pretty dope on IG. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the show and the moment I got there, I went to the bathroom and there was a line. And then there was these two dudes there that were like, Hey man, were you performing like at this weird ass place <laughs> like a couple of Saturday nights ago? And I'm like, yeah do I know you? Like, were you there? And it was like, yeah, like we saw you perform and like, you were like the best one there. And we like, we, we were so sad. We didn't get like your contacts or nothing, but like, look, here you are now. That's amazing. <laughs> was, they were artists themselves. They were uh, music artists. And it was like, it was a moment like that where it was like, wow, like you guys, um, I don't even remember you two. <laughs> yeah. But you're telling me you remember me and how you really love like, I was the highlight of your night. Yeah. Like now I'm standing in front of this bathroom with you guys and you guys are wasted (laughs) (laughs) talking to me right now and wanting to make music with me. I'm like, wow, this is a moment where like, you know, this is definitely a moment where the universe is telling me something. I mean, I, this is very, uh, stuff like that is just weird and unexpected. And it's like, but also I don't want to take it for granted, you know, and you just like didn't know like yeah and you just didn't kind of notice that stuff before is what you're saying 
like yeah, before you like moved a, out yeah like some things some things are meant to happen happen in weird ways yeah and dude. I, I probably i never noticed things like that back home yeah you don't i guess you don't have to pay att- as much attention you know you're kind of sheltered right you've got all these security blankets so you don't have to when you're and it, you know the irony is both of those situations you were you were in it solo, right? Like no one really knew who you were. They didn't know what you were, you know, it was just kind of like you went and did this random show and then going to another show on your own. Like, I feel like without that, you know, with a security blanket, you'd have had some buddies there. You probably wouldn't have talked to other people. And you know what I mean? It's there's there. I do agree with that. that You kind of just notice stuff when you, when you're kind of just left to your own devices. That's awesome, man. That's so funny. I, I love that, bro. I, like I said, I'm, I really dig what, uh, what you guys are doing. I, it's cool hearing where you guys are coming from, you know, mentally as well as musically. And, uh, obviously Josh, you and I talked a little bit about, about all of your networking you're doing, which bro props to you, man. That's, that's actually the hardest part about almost anything is like building up a network of people. So that way you can be successful. Um, and that's hard work. So props to you for for taking that leap and and running down that rabbit hole because that's that's going to be very time consuming but totally worth it in the long run i think appreciate it yeah definitely just just always been like the type to like talk to like every single person like out of show like no matter like who it is he would just talk to anybody random i love it like like even if we had a shitty performance you go around around the, the whole venue just like give it all sticker like yo here you go bro i love that dude that's amazing that <laughs> yeah, see that's i mean that makes a difference though because then your fans feel like they're a part of it you know like have you guys ever heard of the band piebald oh dude check them out they're great but they have a song you're part of it and it's literally like i just think of that sometimes like when i'm like what makes a band that's successful, really successful, like a band like the main, what makes them have such like super fans? And I was like, it's because they just make all their fans feel like they're part of this journey and they make their fans feel so included in the whole thing and doing what you're doing, like makes sense, like including people in it. And even if you had a crappy night, you're still out there talking to people and, and making them feel like, Hey, I can still be on board with this, even though it was a bad performance tonight. I, that's just an off night. Let's, you know, let's be, let's be on the, on the bandwagon. Let's, let's follow them on this train to success. Like that's magical for fans, dude. What was the name of the band? Piebald. It's a strange name. P I E B A L D. They're an old school. They're so great, dude. There's a, uh, what's the name of the record? I can't think of the name of the record, but they're all sitting um, in like a half cut in half Vita bus with a bunch of random stuff around them, like a bunch of instruments and stuff. Um, it's when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, but yeah, one of the best records of like the mid to early 2000s. I think it was early 2000s that one came out. But uh, yeah, I it's so much fun. Um, but dude, I I want to make sure that we uh, we finish right on time for you guys. So at the end of each of my podcasts, I always like to end with just like random like questions to just, I don't know. They're just, it's just for fun to get to know you guys uh, on a separate note from music. Right. So uh, do you guys, you still have just a couple more minutes, right? Yeah. Sick. Yeah. All right. So this first question is due to my addiction to sugar. 
So uh, what's your favorite candy? Man, as of recently, I've been loving Twix. Oh, heck yeah, dude. Left or right, you know? (laughs) Yeah, usually I'm more like a gummies guy, but Twix has been like really been a craving to me. Dude, Twix. Dude, have you tried the frozen Twix, like the the ice cream Twix? I did not. Oh, dude, try and find an ice cream bar Twix. They've got ice cream Twix and ice cream Snickers. Oh, so great. (laughs) I'm all about that life, dude. (laughs) What about you, Josh? I'm all about that. Oh, you do know about that? Yeah, yeah you're on. You know you're what's right up on the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ice cream Twix for sure, and ice cream Snickers all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. dude. Can't believe I haven't tried it. Yeah, dude. You, I mean, I'm <laughs> all about that. What about you, Josh? What's your favorite candy? Um, I would, I would, I mean, I would say Twix was always my favorite as a child, and even now. Heck um, yeah, dude. Like. And candy sense, I just love chocolate in general. I'm a monster for chocolate. You're a chocolate fiend, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I I love that man. Yeah, Twix. There's something. There's just Twix is kind of a magical candy bar. Like, you know, even if you're not in the mood for chocolate, Twix will still hit the spot. I don't know what it is. Well, which one for you side? and your neighbor? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> which side do you like better, the right side or the left side? I mean choose the right you know i always grew up that was the that was the motto in church right choose the right choose the right yeah wow. <laughs> choose the right you know when a choice is placed before you choose the right that was what my that was i was taught as a kid so i'll go with the right side you know <laughs> <laughs> makes logical sense yeah dude you gotta you know uh, but i mean if only left is there i'm obviously gonna choose twix right so I'll be, I'll be good either way. I <laughs> uh, love it. All right. Next question for you guys. This one, this one's typically a little bit harder to come up with a number one answer. So I'll accept your top three as well, but uh, favorite movie. Ooh. Okay. Um, nice dude. <laughs> just a bunch of that one's just like, they're literally just high the whole movie. Right. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> nice. I actually watched that the other day. Experience. Because that's Seth Rogen and is that James Franco's in that oh, one too? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I love Seth Rogen for some reason. He's just hilarious. Yeah. He's, I would love to, to light up with him. I'm hoping <laughs> one day I'll just yeah. run up on him in the streets or something and like, hey, dude, have a joint. Let's have, have some fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> love it, dude. <laughs> What are you, Miguel? Um, yeah, <laughs> this is a hard question to get, like, just one single thing. Like I said, you can do your top three, you know. I'm, I'll accept that, too. <laughs> I guess after, after, after recently, re- recently, I've been, I, I really like that, that new, uh, that new, uh, uh, The Rock movie with uh, um, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Red Notice, that new one? Yeah. Dude, that yeah. one was fun. I like that. that. Pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. So I I say, I mean, like as of right now, it will be. But I know, I know, there's some like crazy ones that I really enjoyed before. I just can't think of it right now. Yeah, dude. Top of mind, man. Something about the movie you watched most recently that you actually really liked. It kind of becomes your new favorite for a while. Like I, I get that. Yeah. Then you on to the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Then yeah. Then you just jump onto the next one because, like, dude, my dude. I have you guys seen the new Ghostbusters? Oh. 
I have not. Dude, wow. uh, it just barely came out this week. Wow. That movie was stellar. It was super great. Um, I would definitely recommend it if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, that one was a good one. So so that that's kind of where I'm at, though. That's why I brought that up, because that's my current favorite movie, because it's the most recent that I've watched that I really, really enjoyed. Right. So it's like <laughs> hey, it might make sense. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just that it's just kind of how the how the mind works, I guess. You know, just things that are at the top of your mind is what you what you most like, I guess. All right. Last one here for you guys. Favorite non-music related hobby. Non-music related. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'll be, I would say like the, the thing that I said in the beginning, listen to like audiobooks and stuff. Oh yeah. Like, besides, besides that, I actually like cooking a lot. Oh heck yeah, dude. What's your favorite thing to cook? Hmm. I, I really like cooking steak. Heck yeah, dude. It's probably like my favorite thing. Cause it's just like so much um to go into it. And then like I like cutting up the potatoes and just Do you do do you do the whole like like the um cast iron skillet steak, you know, sear it on the outside and then do the butter and and stuff like where you like I don't I mean, know what I, they do. There's like a lot to some of these people yeah. like on TikTok. You're like, holy frick, dude, you just made making a steak like a 50 step process. Yeah, that, that, that's what I, I, I try to do that. But like, as recently I've been trying, but but I just like, oh, my God, like it's so, so much that sometimes I just like I just I just do it like how yeah. I usually do. It. I just put like the oil and then the butter. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Love it. Dude. Whatever tastes good. Yeah, dude, no, I get that. I get that. Heck yeah. I mean, steak can be cooked so many different ways and still taste fantastic. And then if it doesn't taste good, you just add some A1 sauce and it's good then, you know, you're good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I just, that, that was probably like a culinary sin for me to say that, but you know, a steak <laughs> is a steak. You're not letting it go to waste, right? Like, <laughs> Don't let Gordon Ramsay hear that. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, take that, Gordon. I'll just put A1 <laughs> steak sauce on your on your beautifully, you know, basted steak. <laughs> you have a whole heart attack. Oh, dude, he would, yeah, he would have like a freaking aneurysm. He'd go crazy, dude. Just like pass out and fall to the ground. Like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Josh? Um... I don't know. I feel like a weird person because I don't have an actual hobby, but I recently recently started hiking over here and oh, I really yeah. enjoy it. Dude, I hiking really is so free. And scenery. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I would say hiking or yeah, hiking or even I would love to camp one day. I haven't. I don't think I've done that for real, for real. So, yeah, dude, you got a lot of good places out there in Southern California, dude. Yeah, just missing the car, you know. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that that'll that'll make a difference. You know, just find just find like find some group on Facebook and just join them and then get a ride and just try not to get murdered, you know? <laughs> no, I, I there's a lot of good areas out there, dude. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully you're able to to land one. That'd be cool. There's some even there's even some sand dunes pretty close to you that those are always fun to go to and like bring sleds or whatever and play on the sand dunes and camp. That's always fun. Yeah. I'm right next to a field of toy. So it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty good hike over here. Nice dude. That's awesome, bro. Well, man, I, uh, it was awesome getting to know you guys. And like I said, obviously, um, 
you guys recently released retrograde, obviously your, uh, your brand new single. Um, you've got some more music coming in down the pipeline. I, I understand. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you, do you guys have like a, a time frame on any of that? TBD sick. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> just follow the socials, make sure, you know, and uh, before you guys go, let people know where they can find you guys, you know, individually and as a band. Um, for the band, definitely a rocks band or B-A-N-D. And that goes for like, uh, that goes for, for Twitter as well. Sick. That out. Instagram, um, Twitter. Yeah. And if, you, if anyone has a hard time remembering, it's just Bronx minus the B. And it, yeah. it's so funny because when you take yeah. that B away, it totally changes the word. And I was like, dude, that's a dope band name. Where'd they come up with that? And I was like, oh, they're from the Bronx. That's why. That's dope. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, at first, a lot of people didn't really like the name, but. Yeah, I think it's dope because it kind of yeah. matches like it's kind of it's got a punk rock vibe to the sound, you know, just ronks, you know, I, I love it, dude. It's sick. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's sick. But, um, yeah, follow us there. Um, my, my handle is, um, Miguel for Prez, Miguel number four and P R E Z. Nice. Then Josh. You can follow me at Joshua Ravioli. Heck yeah, <laughs> dude. Thank you guys so much, man. I, uh, props to you. Keep on killing it. The music is great. I, uh, I didn't get to say it enough in the, in the interview, but, uh, but I really dig the music you guys are making and, uh, I'm really stoked to see where things go. Cause obviously you've got, you're working with some great producers and, and Josh, you're out in LA. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully something just pops, right? Everything works, dude. I, I hope the best. I, um, you know, I look forward to, to following and seeing where things go, man. Really appreciate it, man. Heck yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, Miguel, Enjoy your day at work, brother. And uh, thank Thanks. you guys again so much for your time. Of course. Let's talk again soon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Enough, Heck yeah, dude. Let's, yeah, let's make it happen. I'm totally down.
Well, here we are again at the very end of another awesome episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making 2021 a freaking stellar year for the podcast and for just being there supporting. It means the world. And uh, obviously, you know, thanks to all the bands in 2021 who have sat down, taken the time to talk to me and uh, been just just been awesome. It's been a fantastic thing. So let's make 2022 even better. And let's just keep on killing it. So once again, appreciation to you for listening. Appreciation to you for taking the time to, to go on this journey with us. And here's to 2022. Deuces.